0: Thank mm-hmm. Welcome to episode 480 of the podcast devoted to the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear. I'm your writer, host, producer, Derek M. Cook. And what you're hearing right now is a song called Alpaca. Boogie. It's from the band The Space Agency. It's from their album, The Celestial Sounds of The Space Agency. That came out earlier this month, and of course they gave us permission to play their music here on the show. You can find them at thespaceagency.bandcamp.com and pick up the entire album for £7. Check it out. Let them know that Monster Kid Radio sent you when you're done listening to this episode, because this episode we've got an interview with two filmmakers. Now you've heard one of them here on the show in the past, but you're going to hear him again. It's Ansel Farage, the man behind so many really cool films, including Loon Lake, The Last Case of August T. Harrison, The Night Wind Mer- just such great stuff for a guy who, you know, he's one of us. He's a monster kid. and He loves making these movies. And he's got a new movie coming up here soon that we're going to be premiering in the Monster Kid Movie Club. He's coming on the show with his lead actor, Nathan Wilson. Now, they have made a trilogy of dr mabuse films what's dr mabuse well Ansel's going to tell us when i have him here on the show in a few minutes he and i and nathan sat down to talk about dr mabuse what's happened to them since loon lake how they managed to produce another dr mabuse film in the day and age of a pandemic and quarantine and we're going to announce when this movie will be made available for you to see it is premiering this weekend stay tuned for more information about that. Now we've got a little bit of listener feedback and then I wanted to kind of review a few other things that are going on in the world of Monsterdom, specifically with Monster Bash. Unfortunately, the Lugosi Film Festival had to be pushed back a little bit. Not sure if Monster Bash made the decision or if the theater where it's happening, the Canton Palace Theater, made the decision. But whoever made the decision, the Bela Lugosi Film Festival got pushed back to August 14th and 15th. I'm not going to be there. I wish I could be there if they're going to be up and running and everything safe because it looks like a great time. They're showing Dracula, Chandu the Magician, Island of Lost Souls, Mark of the Vampire, the Devil Bat, Night Monster, Return of the Vampire. I mean, come on. This is going to be one heck of an event. I really hope that it can happen safely in the near future. You can learn more about what's going on with Monster Bash over at monsterbashnews.com. Ron Adams does an incredible job of keeping that up to date for everybody. So head on over there if you want to know more about what's going on with Monster Bash. And the other thing I wanted to mention before we move on to the rest of the show, you already heard me mention it a little bit, the Monster Kid Movie Club. That's what we're now calling Social Distance Saturday. If you are a Facebook user, you've probably seen the Facebook event start making its rounds through the various Monster Kid Radio Facebook pages and groups, as well as groups that are new friends of Monster Kid Radio like the B-Movie cast. If you are a Facebook user, please search it out and let us know that you're going to be there because that's where I'm going to be posting things like the schedule. The schedule is there now, but I can tell you that we are going to have the Dr. Mabuse films, all three of them. We're going to see a Joshua Kennedy film. We're going to see a TV show with Boris Karloff and we're going to see some mummy movies. It's going to be a really good time and I'm excited for this weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun just to hang out with you guys and gals one more time in the Monster Kid Movie Club. Also, here's the thing that I'm really excited about. Next week, Tuesday, we're starting the Monster Kid Astronomy Club. What's that? Well, it means for a couple of hours every Tuesday night, we're going to be showing science fiction movies and that's starting on June 21st at 4 p.m. Pacific. we're going to be showing another Joshua Kennedy film as well as a movie that Roger Corman was involved with. I'll be making some announcements on Facebook in the near future, as well as during the lineup this Saturday during the regular movie screening, streaming, screamings, events, premieres, get together, some virtual, you know what I mean? Okay. Enough with me. Enough of this jibber jabber. Let's get on with the rest of the show. Right now.
1: Paramount Pictures presents... A dual, ghoul, double, scream show. Scream number one. Frankenstein and the monster from hell. See the eeriest transplant in the history of horror. His brain came from a genius, his body from a killer, his soul came from hell. It's the newest and most frightening Frankenstein ever filmed. Scream number two, Captain Kronos, Vampire Hunter. The only man alive, feared by the walking dead. Born the night creatures and the dark ah! Captain Kronos is here! Frankenstein and the monster from hell. Plus, Captain Kronos, Vampire Hunter, all shot. In color, both rated R. Under-17, not admitted without parents. Now
2: scream!
1: If you are a murderer, a blackmailer, or a thief, with a face as ugly as sin, and a mind as distorted as the devil's, then this man, he might help you.
3: You could be beautiful, if you would trust me.
1: twice before you join his circus of horrors he'll change your face beyond recognition but your soul he'll enslave for all time remember he alone will know the secrets of your evil past and never will he let you escape alive. Dr. Schuller, who rose to glory in a trail of blood. Erika Remberg, as one of the girls whose face and fate he changed, but not her mind.
3: (laughs) You can't frighten me. These others have been stupid, just plain stupid. What others? The late unlamented ones, who
1: have died so suddenly and so strangely. This is the little girl with the maimed face, who was forever beholden to him.
0: I am beautiful.
1: Who grew from innocent childhood into trusting adolescence.
2: I would do nothing to hurt you. I owe you so much. I love you so much.
1: She was his one weakness. (laughs) This maniac who first healed and then killed. What
4: What just happened was an accident.
1: Every second is filled with unexpected danger and terror as a doctor, a specialist in horror, uses his sinister skill to make a circus of criminals perform at his bidding. calling
0: you've reached the feedback section of the show and we got a message from friend of the show former guest of the show alistair hughes by the way if you aren't reading his book info gothic you really need to get your hands on it i'll make sure there's a link in the show notes for you to pick up your own copy in the meantime listen to what he has to say Hi, Derek. I just had to drop you a line to say how much I loved your conversation with Seb Gordain, purportedly about Blood from the Mummy's Tomb. Now, he put purportedly in quotes here. Uh, okay, here we go. MKR has never, ever disappointed me. But under any other circumstances, I could have felt shortchanged that the film itself had such a proportionally short amount of airtime. However, the rest of your discussion was so much damn fun that this quickly became one of my favorite episodes so far this year. This really did embody the ethos of two monster kids just talking movies. And naturally, the fact that so much of it was specifically about Hammer Films totally won me over. What I would have given to be in the virtual room for your conversation because you both touched upon so many points which have long been sources of personal fascination for me. You and Seb both reinforced and sometimes even challenged my own viewpoints, which is always the hallmark of a stimulating discussion. Seb is obviously hugely knowledgeable, motivated, and talented. And although he clearly requires proper initiation into the satanic rites of Dracula, or as, actually, I just added the of Dracula, I'm going to reread that. While he obviously needs indoctrination into satanic rights he's also right on the money about the lesser celebrated genius and innovation of early 70s hammer in a parallel universe the stars could have aligned and we just might have had our chronos series a properly budgeted to the devil a daughter vampirella nessie and all those tantalizing unmaids which we all know so well Thank you for such an enjoyable listen. It's so gratifying to know that despite the tyranny of distancing and isolation, monster kids can still interact in such an entertaining and even educational way. Great work, Derek. Where would monsterdom be without you? Well, I can't answer that last question, uh, but you got to comment a little bit on what you just said here. I had so much fun talking to Seb. I mean, just time flew by. And I don't know how much i've said about this on the show lately but when i do a recording with somebody i record it and then i edit it and then sometimes i go back and do a re-edit just to make sure i got all the ums and uhs and everything else out of there to make sure everything sounds smooth and as professionally as possible and i had a lot of fun with seb's conversation it was just Like kicking back with an old friend talking about the movies that we love so much. I was a little worried that we did shortchange Blood from the Mummy's Tomb because I do enjoy that movie quite a bit. And I think that was pretty obvious that Seb and I both really dug that film. It was his idea to do that film. Uh, In fact, he mentioned it on Facebook in a conversation with somebody else and I latched onto it. And from there... Well, this happened. I hope you check out his movies when they come out. When Blood Rights of the Vampire was released on Vimeo, I know a handful of people saw it. I'll make sure there's a link to that in the show notes as well. And as we talked about, his movie Ouija Mummy will be released later this year in October from Wild Eye releasing. As soon as I know more about that, I'll make sure I post links to that as well. I believe his Kickstarter campaign has hit its goal. The movie Abominations of Frankenstein will be made at this point. And I believe they are also shooting for some stretch goals at this point as well. So just go look up Abominations of Frankenstein on Kickstarter. And again, link in the show notes and let them know that monster kid radio sent you thanks for sending me a message alistair you know it's been too long since we've had you on so why don't we see what we can do about crossing the time barrier and getting you on the show from the future about something let's find another movie to talk about So he sent me that message through Facebook. But if you want to get a hold of us, feel free to drop us an email. It's monsterkidradio at gmail.com. Or you can even call and leave us a voicemail at 503-479-5657. That's 503-479-5MKR. And, of course, this information is available on our website over at monsterkidradio.net. That voicemail line we haven't used in a little while. I wonder if it's even still good. So uh, somebody out there, give me a call. Let's make sure it's still up and running.
3: Dracula is back in the first now Dracula movie, Dracula A.D. 1972. And with this new motion picture, an unrivaled event, horror ritual. You will participate with a Transylvanian vampire himself, swearing you in as an honorary member of the Count Dracula Society. He comes back from the living dead to extend you his personal invitation. Join me in the horror ritual. You heard it with your own ears, from his blood-red lips. Get your honorary membership card when you see the new Dracula movie, Dracula A.D. 1972, and participate in the horror ritual. Rated PG, parental guidance suggested. What are you looking for under a tombstone in broad daylight? Shh! You'll scare her away. Scare her away? Who? what? What, What? What can you scare away here in a cemetery? My ghoul friend. She's the ghost in the invisible bikini. What are you, putting me on? Herbie, I know you're broad-minded, but this is ridiculous. No, I'm serious. And you should see her since she traded her bedsheet for a bikini. Well, you must enjoy looking around for a real nothing broad. It's really just that American International is inviting everyone out to the graveyard for a blood-curdling blast with the Ghost in the Invisible Bikini to see Tommy Kirk, Deborah Wally, Aaron Kincaid, Harvey Lembeck, and Jesse White with Nancy Sinatra and guest stars Basil Rathbone, Boris Karloff, and Susan Hart in the Ghost in the Invisible Bikini in Pathé color and Panavision. Now you would have to get commercial. Now you scared her away. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's the goinest ghost you've ever met. This ghost of Dragstrip Hollow. He's got the Hot Roders Vavoomin and the Hipcat's is She
2: your chick?
3: Well, I'd like to think so you know she prefers hot rods instead of hot romances
2: that's because it's easier to handle cars
1: <laughs> this chick
3: does all right with romance
1: too oh. but nothing stops this pirate's bird who learned his tricks from the ghost of drag strip follow
3: <laughs> anybody want to kiss a duck there's a perfectly rational explanation for all this <laughs> cats and hot
1: rodders they're all alive to the jive
0: Monster Kid Radio listeners, you know we've had Ansel on the show before. We've got him back, and he's not alone. He's here with his, I guess you would call him his co-producer, partner in film, uh, his actor, his friend. Uh, so I've got Ansel and I've got Nate Wilson here on the show. How are you two doing? I'm good. Thanks
4: for having us on, Barry.
0: Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having us. Did I describe that correctly? You two are uh, basically co-producers on most of your work?
5: Yep. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's perfectly
0: when we had Enzo on, let's see, man, it's almost been, it's been over six months now because we had you on uh, during Dan last year in December when yeah. we talked about a, a Dan Curtis film. And a lot's happened since then, including the release of a Blu-ray. You want to talk about that?
4: Oh, yeah. Our folk horror film, Loon Lake, with David Selby and... This guy I'm sitting next to you right here, and it's now available on Blu ray and DVD, a special edition Blu ray.
5: It has a, kind of a little documentary on the, how we made it, and it also has some deleted scenes on there. And then it's actually the first time Ansel met with our music or composer,
4: Phil. Phil Lundell, yeah. Yeah, so
5: that's on there as well. And you can get it at Band Noble Amazon. and Amazon, which we don't like right now, but we'll still, <laughs> I guess, tell you that it's on there.
0: I just had the phone cut out, but it sounded like you were saying Barnes & Noble and Amazon,
5: or is it where it's available? Yeah, yep. Best Buy, Barnes & Noble, and Amazon.
0: Excellent. Well, I'll make sure there are links in the show notes. And during a recent uh, weekend stream, we showed the uh, unboxing video that you've put on YouTube, where you two are opening up the Blu-ray of Loon oh, uh, god. <laughs> I'm excited for you guys. Thank, thank, you.
2: thank you.
0: so much. Is this the first Hollinsworth production to be released to Blu-ray?
4: Uh, yeah, it's our first Blu-ray release. I mean, we've had a couple DVDs, but this is the first one in full 1080 HD, high def Blu-ray. Uh, and we'll have a couple more Blu-rays coming soon. Yep.
5: Oh, really? Of uh, older stuff? Well, we have one film that we did, a romantic love, love, yeah, love story me. in Venice called uh, Will and Liz that is on Amazon Prime right now for streaming. for streaming. And you can watch it there.
4: And then I think we're going to get the Blu-ray going here Hopefully soon. by fall, winter. That would be out. And then I would ideally like to do a Mabuse disc coming soon. Really big special edition with a whole bunch of other cutscenes and things that didn't happen. And
0: Yeah, we shall see. Right on. And that's another reason why I wanted to have you on the show is to talk about the Mabuse films. You've got two that are available now. But you guys have been busy. Like I said, it's not just getting Loon Lake ready for Blu-ray. Somehow, during this Corona apocalypse, when we're all supposed to be staying home wearing our masks...
4: You guys made a movie. We did. We did. How did that we did. happen? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been writing consistently since wrapping on Noon Lake. And then right before
5: COVID happened, we were writing up quite a bit. Yeah. And then when that kind of happened, we kind of dropped out. And then we saw a couple people were um, making a couple short films that we kind of knew and,
4: we were talking about doing a short film and yeah. take advantage of the time. And just the idea came of, well, what could we do? And I started thinking again about Dr. Mabuse because I'm always thinking about him and it sort of worked because we had this empty, eerie city of Los Angeles at our disposal and Dr. Mabuse is a very, well, he's a bad guy and, and using the, our circumstances to his advantage seemed like a good idea. And I knew that Jerry Lacey was sitting in quarantine as well and was probably bored as like we were and would be up to it. And I came over to hang out with Nate and I said, hey, I have this idea. Do you want to do this? And then he said, sure. And I called up Jerry and I said, hey, do you want to play Dr. MoBoost again? I have this idea. And he's like, let's get to it. So in the past mm-hmm. month and a half, mm-hmm. month or or so,
5: so, yeah. He, We've been dealing with it and talking about it and making it. Yeah, remotely. I mean, we usually shoot besides for Loon Lake with a pretty small skeleton crew anyway. Yeah. So for us to go out and kind of deal with the elements that are LA and yeah. shooting around and kind of getting around and doing things, we
4: can do that pretty easily yeah. now. It's just for us. It's just the two of us. So yeah we can manage.
0: So this was a pretty small production. Now the previous two films, they were feature length, but this one was intentionally kind of by necessity, a shorter film. Is that right?
2: Yeah.
5: Cause yeah, to make a feature would be a,
4: well, a lot to, harder. Yeah, than, and also with the circumstance, the gathering people. And if we're going to do a feature, well then we want to see all the other characters and not everybody is available. Everybody's in their various quarantine stocks across the country. And so it's just like, who's here, who, and we do it yeah. and make it a good story. Exactly. It's always up to the store and do it as well.
5: Yeah,
4: He said
0: a second ago, uh, not too long ago, that Dr. Mabuse, 100 years, uh, 100 years, what is that? Let me say that again. 100th anniversary of Dr. Mabuse is coming up next year. Now, I had to do a little bit of research. I'm not overly familiar with Dr. Mabuse. Who is this character and why are you continuing to tell his stories?
4: <laughs> I feel like a broken record. I've told this like a million times, but Dr. Mabuse, was a character created by this writer named Norbert Jacques back in 1921. And it was inspired by post-World War One. There was the, I want to call it the Raska movement, which was all the newly rich who had made money off of war profiteering and were taking over Germany at that time in the early twenties. And so he was writing about that sort of economic sociological fallout and the sort of rise of discord and chaos that was bubbling under the surface within that era of germany which then eventually gave way to hitler and the whole you know the nazism and the uh, the character as he exists in the original novel and in the very first fritz Lang silent film he's a master of disguise a master of hypnosis um he's a criminal mastermind and i always thought that was a cool character when i was a kid there's just so much possibility that you can do with him and with that world and you know as i've said numerous times one thing led to another i wrote a script and we made this first film and why do i keep going back to him because i still think he's a fascinating character and as our world gets crazier and crazier i find that he's more increasingly relevant so it seems kind of like a good moment to go back and revisit him with everything that's going on right now. If that made any kind of sense as an answer.
2: (laughs) I think
0: I follow. And Nate, were you familiar with this character before Ansel brought him up as somebody to make a movie about, or was this all brand new to you?
5: Nope, I I really wasn't. We first shot our first film, which I I don't know if you guys have ever talked about. It's called just kind of a feature, low-budget film called Brother Drop Dead. And when we got done shooting that movie we wanted to work together and he brought me this Dr. Mabuse script. After that, I kind of looked into him and, you know, saw who he was and
4: watched some of his, the films and, like, checked more.
5: Yeah, but I, was, I
4: was very adamant not to, to delve into it because we were going to do our own thing and our own interpretation and not remake anything that had come before. So, yeah, hmm. so he
5: really didn't want yeah. me to go in there too much and kind of fill out the story that he had and kind of that we were going to do, but I still kind of yeah, Went back and looked into it, you know, just to see the history of him. And that was going
0: to be a follow-up question I had, actually, for listeners who don't know, are these films standalone stories or do they continue what's already been done? It sounds like this is brand new, has nothing to do with anything that's already been released. Is that right?
2: Yeah, yes and no. It's sort
4: of like, I <laughs> I don't want to call it a multiverse story, but I feel like it's an epilogue to what has come before but also sets the stage for where the story could then go. And I obviously, as I said, I'm always thinking about him and I have an idea of where a story could go and it would be very, very different. If, I mean, yeah, we were sitting here, we were bored with the pandemic and whatnot, but I also really wanted to go back and put a more mature say on this than than I was able to when I was 20 years old and we made the very first film. I wanted to, I don't know, reset the record. If that's a yeah, I once again I have no idea if that answer makes sense.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is how this day is going to go. Man.
0: I think I follow. Hopefully, the listeners can
4: too. <laughs>
2: yeah, I hope so as
4: well. <laughs> Nate can translate.
0: Well, that's kind of the fascinating thing, too, about some of these public domain characters. I mean, this character is over 100 years old or almost 100 years old at this point. So he's free and clear, man. Do whatever you want with him. You can do so much with a lot of these characters that have fallen into the public domain and address contemporary issues or matters of the world Mm -hmm. as it is now, that sort of thing. And I'm real curious to see how you tackle the fact that you were only able to get a couple of actors together for this <laughs> this new movie, I, I'm excited to see it because the other two, they have a bigger cast, a, l- a little bit smaller yeah. production than what we saw with Loon Lake. In fact, oh, yeah. Yeah. Ansel, you had told me when I said I wanted to show all three Mabuse films. Uh, together you're like well (laughs) you get to see where (laughs) i started from and you know i I think that's part of the charm though too what are some of the things that you are doing now that have evolved from how you started if that makes sense oh
5: yeah and i believe that's another reason why kind of we wanted to to make it do this short of mabuse as well is to show kind of where we were story-wise or you know producer writers and
2: everything filmmakers
5: i guess back then compared to right now, what we can do with only a couple people, you know? So it's kind of like, a how much
4: we've, how much regression. Yeah.
5: The progression of where we've come from since then,
4: even though it's only going to yeah. be a 20 minute film, but right, it'll, but to put a more professional spin upon it, then we were able to way back when, when, yeah, when we were still figuring things out. Yeah. Then like for me back then, that was my first lead in a feature
5: film. So I was still, dabbling or i mean i've always been dabbling with acting but it was my first time on film having a lead to try to go in against jerry lacy and the dark shadows crew and you know the nerves and just everything from that and being a lead and trying to i guess carry a film you know was exciting for me at the time and different than I thought and how much I've learned since then as well.
0: Were you familiar with dark shadows at this point or is this something i had to introduce you to as well? <laughs> uh, I also
5: was not um, did not know about the dark shadows either. And then I'd, I actually,
2: <laughs> I was
5: telling the story the other day of um, for the first film, I didn't really know. And then I looked into everybody and I started, and I started watching some episodes just to see who I'd be working with and kind of where they came from and what they've done. And, you know, they're, whole history and i was telling the story to a a friend about how so we we're gonna do this and i had enough nerves already going in that i'm gonna be going up with the dark shadows crew and kind of their experience and mine. and about one week or two or i think it was like even a week before we're gonna do a table reading in front of everybody we're gonna meet all these new people ansel is like everybody's going to have a British accent.
2: (laughs) And I was like, what? I can't
5: do a British accent. And I don't think I can learn a good enough British accent in a week or two before we start filming. So we go and we're sitting around living room I, the table. Oh, they are sitting bad. around the living room table, <laughs> and Jerry and everybody's around there. And I'm doing this British accent in these lines for this table read, which is probably it was probably horrendous, I'm sure. But, but I wonder what what they thought about me. There was you and five others doing that. Well, yeah, we were also yeah. still kind of doing it, but it was like oh, so this is gonna be. Uh, this will be, yeah, be interesting. Yeah, this will be interesting. This is Inspector Loman, and he's doing this crazy accent. Right I remember he
4: was. I'm listening to tapes of Gary Oldman like I've got to get this accent down I don't know what I'm going to do like you'll be fine you'll be fine and then we got there for the table read and
5: everybody's accents were all over right. all over and then we we're like yep let's we're going to scratch the uh, yeah accent it's going to be here, yeah here <laughs> So there are times in there where I do have a slight accent because I was kind of working on the lines with it. So there are sometimes you see that, and if you hear that, that is why.
0: (laughs) Well, it sounds like it it sounds like uh, you know, Ansel and and Nathan. You two have different backgrounds. I mean, Ansel's you know, Monster Kid, and and Nathan, you're not really in it. How did you two come together in the first place?
5: Uh, Well, it was from that first film that we did, Brother, Drop Dead. He was having a casting for it. And I was actually coming back because I'm originally from Minnesota, I think from Christmas vacation. Yeah. And I ended up, I looked on that. I submitted for this project and Brother Dropped Dead. And then I...
4: It was a hillbilly comedy, by uh, the way. Yeah, a, a hillbilly
5: comedy, a family hillbilly comedy. And then I went in there and I auditioned and that's when I met Ansel. And then I got the part. And then...
4: We made that. We made that film. It was crazy. It was very crazy.
5: <laughs> yeah. And then after that, we did back Mabuse, and then just kind of kept going. He liked making films and I liked being in films and making films as well. And we just kind of continued to do that and just kind of continue to work together. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And also we like the same kind of movies and yeah. same style and we think alike. And so it, it's sort of symbiotic, the, the, yep. the relationship, the working relationship. Things.
5: Yeah. So I was more into acting in the theater and doing some plays and stuff in college and, and moved out here and was studying, theater scene study classes and a lot of improv classes because i started to do a lot of improv comedy because i thought that if i could do improv comedy that i could easily do drama or thought it'd make it easier to do drama if i could do comedy and then yeah then when i was studying that stuff and let ansel and i
4: needed somebody to torture yeah, so so here we are <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm trying to imagine that there must have been like a movie night or something where you invited Nate over and said, "Okay, we're going to watch these horror movies." So you know where I'm coming from, something like that. You just kind of barraged him with it. Is that? <laughs> uh,
4: you know, they kind of. Ha- I mean, I gave him a stack of DVDs to watch before we did the second Doctor Mabuse, But if you really want if you really want like a movie night, I dragged him to go to a midnight showing of *Phantasm* oh, at the York yeah. Theater, and he enjoyed it. There you go. <laughs> yeah.
0: that's a good one. That's 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 yeah, a good one. He was, was
4: there. Reggie
2: wow.
0: really cool, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've met him once at a convention years ago. Really cool guy, laid back. That's awesome.
2: hmm Yeah. And, and interesting,
0: I, I could see... A little bit of influence from things like Phantasm on Loon Lake. Just a touch. Just a touch. So really interesting yeah. that that was like the big movie that you drag him to to kind of introduce him to your world of, of monster movie and that sort of thing. Nate, what kind of movies did you watch growing up then if, if you weren't into like the Dark Shadows and all that?
5: <laughs> this is probably going to sound so bad, but I mean, I'm from a Midwest small town and like my dad and I would like watch like action movies and stuff. I grew up with, like, Sylvester Stallone and, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, but then Robert Redford, Jack Nicholson movies as well. So, I don't know, I was kind of all
4: over the place. And then... Can I it, interrupt? Because that's really good, because he, he grounds me when we're working together, because I'm off in Phantasm land, and he's he's in real world. Yeah, I like, <laughs> yeah, kind of do the more reality stuff, I guess.
0: Sometimes when people ask me, you know, what what kind of advice can I give somebody who wants to get into podcasting? I I always tell them, listen to podcasts that are outside of their chosen genre, because you're going to learn from all these other types of podcasts, no matter what the genre is. And I would imagine the same thing holds true to all forms of storytelling, writing, directing, acting, Mm -hmm. all of that. So, yeah, to hear Ansel say that he kind of grounds you, I could totally see that. It makes things like Loon Lake come across even though there's some spooky stuff happening, it's yeah. still grounded.
5: Yeah. Yeah. And I'd say that would be, yeah. Anthony would like to go off to some other places. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't know if that's going to make sense or to maybe to we don't need to do that hard. I think we <laughs> can stick into this little thing and kind of pull it back a little. Yeah. But it's good <laughs> to have that push and pull because then he brings me to a spot where I'm like, I don't know. And then he'll talk me into well, this actually is the best idea for this thing you know what i mean and then he'll think this idea is great and then i'll pull him back so it's a good give and take of yeah. going off somewhere and coming back to this neutral best spot right for the film yeah
0: that's one of the reasons why i think loon lake in particular and i think maybe i keep coming back to that because the most recent one that i've watched i need to catch up with my here soon but with loon lake I'm just blown away by the way you're able to layer the the spooky storytelling, the ghost story that you're telling here in the reality of this small town and all the things that are happening there. My understanding is that you two kind of came up with a story together for Loon Lake. Is that right?
5: Yeah, in a sense. So, you know, it's coming coming back to this first film. So when we were actually shooting this first film that we did, Brother Drop Dead, I was talking to Ansel at the time just because I'm where I grew up is from Southwest Minnesota where the story is and is actually there where we, is a, where we shot. Where we shot yeah. Where yeah. we shot Loom Lake and is that cemetery. And I went out there as a kid and I thought about doing a story about this story or her. Yeah. This witch. And that day I was like, you know, someday I'd really like to start a production company named around town productions. And there's a story that I grew up with as a kid about this, this witch legend, if you walk over a grave three times, you'll die an un- unconventional death. But at the time, for me, I was like, oh, you know, I do like kids where they go out there and they're drinking and, you know, just your typical horror story. And then after we wrote a bare-knuckle boxing script, yeah. after Will and Liz and whatever, I was like, well, let's start doing this Moon Lake script and how could we go about it and what could we do with this witch? Yeah. And then
4: I think that's when kind of, it just sort of started coming together. Yeah. I had always wanted to do a folk horror movie and really use like a landscape in a menacing way. And then this story just kind of presented that opportunity. And it was an opportunity also to not be filming in Venice beach, which was where we're always filming. go out of state, go someplace new and have an adventure as we're making a film. And And then with growing up
5: with this legend as well. And there's so many different stories that I grew up with. Like there's, If you walk over three times, then this happens or this happens or just whatever different story. So it was a good base to start with and to be able to play with of like, what story is real? What's not real? What's real about her? Is she real or not? Or is she not real? So that was like a good spot to start to branch out to build the story. So. Yeah. Everybody different belief systems and yep.
4: And who is real? Is it, it? Yeah. Is she real? Is yeah. she not real? Whose story is true? Right. And who believes that the the legend or who thinks it's hogwash and yeah. yeah. And that's what really sort of grounded the whole ghost story aspect because everybody is telling their own ghost story,
5: and you don't know which one is true or not.
4: Yeah. And that's kind of how it actually is. Yeah. There in real life, everybody will tell you their own. Ghost story of, of the cemetery. Yeah. And, and it's all different. It, it's yeah, a unique story. And one will tell us like there's an orb out there yeah. or
5: like somebody went out there and they stole the headstone or did something on their way home. They got in a car accident. That's actually a true story. And there's four of them in the car. Two of them died and two of them got beaten up pretty bad. And like by the headstone. So like then a, a bird that came back to life. Oh, that was this because yeah. there's a bird that they took yeah. that they thought they shot and it came back to life in the car and they got in a car accident. Yeah.
4: So there's all sorts of crazy variations on this legend and, and that just gave us so much freedom to dive into the story and really manipulate it and, and tell the story that we eventually told Yeah. and it was so much fun yeah and <laughs> we start off with the
5: witch and like and go in the direction that we did with her as well yeah I don't know if we can give spoilers or not but. Well, oh fun. yeah oh, that's fine yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah did
0: you ever walk over the grave three times growing up then
5: <laughs> um so <you> know, <laughs> I didn't. So by the time I grew up and went out there, the headstone of her grave was already gone. It was it's been taken to this historical Jackson society. County historical society. So nobody really knows where the grave is actually now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did go out there as a kid um, a couple of times and walking through the fence, like I do in the movie, I actually did feel this heavier pressure or like oh, humidity and change in the air. When I was there and when I was actually, (laughs) I'll tell some ghost stories. When I was actually out there scouting to take pictures because we did all the pre-production in L.A. And then I'd go back home when I was there. I'd take pictures of the locations, or pictures of places to come back and show Kelly and Ansel um, what everything looked like. So I went out to the cemetery and I was taking pictures of the cemetery to kind of show them. And my phone went dead and I swore I had like 50 percent left on the phone. And it went dead. It wouldn't start back up, so I used my dad's phone to, like, take some pictures. And then when I walked back down the trail, because we parked down there and got back into the car and we were leaving, I tried to turn on my phone again, and it turned back on with, like, 50% of the phone battery was left. It was very eerie that it shut off and wouldn't turn back on until I actually left the cemetery. (laughs) (laughs) And you decided to film there anyway, so... (laughs) <laughs> yeah and we sat there anyway
0: <laughs> and we
5: yeah we have some stories about that too while we were filming
0: well i was that was my next question did anything happen while you were shooting
4: i i mean <laughs> my one famous ghost story was we were filming and it was like the end of production and like the very first week of shooting we did all the cemetery scenes and uh by the end of filming like everybody in town knew about the movie and it became become like a full thing and everybody was like talking about it again and we're filmed in the house that the movie takes six in which is nate's parents farmhouse and my bedroom was the basement which if you've seen the film there's a very significant scare in the basement later on and um it was like three o'clock in the morning and i heard this sound of paper ripping And I'm like, okay, I'm asleep. It's just in my dream. And then I woke up and I could hear this sound of paper being ripped. It was actually in real life. I'm hearing this noise. And it was like coming from behind the couch, which was to my left. And we also just like went we saw The Nun, Um. The Conjuring movie, The Nun, like that day before. So I have all this imagery in my head of that film. And it's three o'clock in the morning and this noise is happening. And I realized my script is over there. So I'm like, oh damn, it's Mary Jane and she's not happy with what we're doing and she's standing over in the corner and she's ripping up my script. And this noise went on for about a minute or so before I hear this walking upstairs, like in the film. And I'm like, oh God, this is not good. <laughs> and it was Nate's mom letting the dogs out. And I'm like, who's there? Who's there? And she comes downstairs she's like, is everything okay? And the sound of the paper being ripped stops. And um, yeah, my mom was up to yeah. uh, To let the dog out to go to the bathroom, <laughs> and I was very happy that she was there. For a second. And um, the next morning, everybody knew that I had scared myself in the middle of the night. And I'm still, yeah, I'm still. I, yeah, I'm, I'm still con- there's something there. Yeah, my <laughs> script was okay the next day. Now, just so as everybody knows, well, that, that's good. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Did anything that happened during production make its way
4: into the film?
5: Uh, no, I mean... Yeah, no, that we kind of had the script down yeah, pretty was, well by the by the time we got there, and we kind of... Yeah,
4: it, you've got to be prepared when you're a no-budget film like us, and, and we knew pretty much everything that was going to happen. I mean... Yeah, we were
5: working on pre-production, kind of everything that we did, and yeah. then me taking pictures and kind of knowing the house and knowing the layout. Well, besides, actually, the one scare that we have with Mary Jane in the kitchen after the rain when i come up from the shower we didn't know for sure how we were going to shoot that so that was actually a big thing that we probably should have known but we didn't know and then the first day that we got to my farmhouse or my parents farmhouse we actually figured that out on that night we were up kind of and i brought them into town and to show where this was going to happen and that happened we came home and we were hanging out and we were like how could we shoot that i was like oh my god if we would have her sitting here so then I stood where she stood and then we did some things and we just it worked itself yeah. out and it was like, wow, that's how we can shoot it. Like that's yeah. that's perfect. A very simple trick. Yeah. But everything else, like walking out to the corn and that kind of birdie had set yeah. and that's why we went and shot that year is because we knew the corn was going to be where it was that year. So we could use it to the best of its ability.
2: Yeah.
4: Probably the scariest thing that would happen would be Kelly, who is also the witch and produced the movie, would be yelling at us that we're going too slow and we're on overtime. We got to rush. We got to rush. We got to (laughs) go. That that would be scary. Yeah, that that was the
5: scariest part. (laughs) Kelly's mad again. Oh, God. Go, go. We got to get the shot. We got to get
2: the shot.
0: We talked about the production a little bit, too, when I had you on the show last time, Ansel. Uh, The listeners, I'll make sure there's a link in the show notes to uh, that previous episode. So if you want to learn a little bit more about what happened with Loon Lake and and how these two basically took over a small town to make a low-budget movie that looks a lot bigger than the budget really was uh i'm mm-hmm. still impressed when i look and watch that movie and i don't have the blu-ray yet i did place an order it's not here yet as soon as it gets here i can't wait to pop it in and just kind of explore the special features and and watch it and <laughs> yeah. you know, just i like having physical media especially when you have special features included in the mix and one of the special oh, yeah. features that you mentioned during the unboxing video was that there's a, a chat with the composer with Bill Wandel and I'm, I'm a huge film score guy. It wouldn't be an episode of monster kid radio if I didn't talk about how much I love my film scores. And I really enjoyed the score for loon Lake, but you guys are saying that Hansel had never met him in person. Is that right? I've known
4: him since like 2011. He's been working with me since then he's in Michigan and I'm here in Los Angeles and we, we communicate on the phone. And then when we work together, like he'll, we'll Skype together and he'll put the movie up on his computer and we'll spot the film that way. And we talk on the phone about the psychology of the film and the characters and and what the music needs to dictate. Um, And it was always the thing of, Oh, you know, eventually you're going to come out to LA and I'll meet you, or we're going to do a thing and, you know, you'll come out then or something. And then when we we knew that the film would premiere in Minnesota and he's in Michigan. So it's what like a state over. Yeah. It's two states over. Yeah. So, I don't know how long the a drive it was, yeah, but it was a perfect opportunity
5: yeah. for him to come and be a part of this thing yeah. with us. So yeah. him and his family, they drove out, and I met him in person, finally. <laughs> yep. And they got to finally chat, and we got that yeah. on video.
4: And we talked about working on the music, because he scored, I mean, that's an uh, incredible score. It's an
5: amazing, spot-on, perfect, yeah. yeah, amazing score and, for the movie.
4: Yeah, and the album, you can download the soundtrack album on um, Spotify and I think Amazon. Amazon
0: Music. Yeah, it is on Amazon Music. That's how I've been listening to it. it. it is gorgeous. It's beautiful.
5: Yeah, it is. It is. It really drives the film and helps move it everything
4: along. Yeah.
0: It's uh, yeah. very, very good. How did you connect with him?
4: I was doing one of my Detective Adam Sarah movies and you? eighteen, eighteen or nineteen, somewhere. I was young, <laughs> and you him on Craig most? no, he he, he likes he like sent me a cold call email, and he's like, I see you're in post production on this movie, and do you need a composer? And I'm like, yeah, I need a composer, but I'm like a kid and I don't have any money, so I got I made a cool movie though, if you want to see it. And he luckily channeled <laughs> into my madness and was like, I like it. I think I can write something fun like this, and. And then we just kept going. And then, you know, luckily I've been able to pay him subsequently. Um, but uh that then, was that was our first yeah.
5: And then they did Maboose for us. And then as he did well. Maboose.
4: So the first Maboose, yeah, one and two he um, did for us as well. He actually did Brother Drop Dead. Did he really? He scored, he scored oh, wow. Brother Drop Dead. And then he's he's licensed music to me for all the Theatre Fantastiques. He scored August and He scored everything. August and nighttime wins. Actually, I, I'll just tell you guys right now, we're gonna put out an album like, I, the tentative title is like Gothic themes, but it will have the scores for both Mabuse films for August Harrison and for Nighttime Winds very soon. Because his music is incredible, and and I'm very lucky to have him working on my yeah. crazy films.
0: Well, that has got me very excited. I know we talked kind of briefly off mic uh, via Facebook Messenger about some of the other music from your films being made available. That's that's man, I'm I'm stoked. Keep me posted. Uh, I will. <laughs> so we've got the Dr. Mabuse movie, the, the new short film, and its is it just the two of you then? Is it Nate and Jerry and that's it for the cast?
4: That's it. Yep, that's it. That's it. Everybody's been asking, is Laura Parker in this? And no, Catherine and Laura did not come back. Chris did not come back. Much. They all wanted to, but I said I need to focus on Loman and Mabuse. These are my two guys, hero and villain, and I have things to say about them. So maybe the witches and everybody else might come back in another adventure but well again we shall see
0: well with a shorter film too it might be hard to work so many other characters into it so i i, I get that yeah yeah how was filming that movie different than shooting loon lake i would imagine it's kind of like a, a scaled down production right
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah definitely it
4: was i mean every movie before loon lake was a, a skeleton crew like this one which means it's me and then nate mm-hmm. You know, yeah. but Nate's usually in front of the camera and I'm behind the camera. And, and, and then yeah. I'm not in front of the camera. I'm usually like helping out doing yeah. something on the production
5: figuring side. Figuring everything else figuring out. Figuring
4: out, doing whatever I need to do But on, I'm not on camera. But. but on Loon Lake, we had three other people helping us. So you kind of don't realize how spoiled you are when you've got three other sets of eyes helping you on a project. And now it's just me and Nate again. And I mean, we had a great time, but we were like, yeah, but
5: it's, oh, wow. <laughs>
2: it's, it's kind of weird
5: coming back after being spoiled a little bit yeah. and having like more people on set and helping out and stuff. And then you come back and you're like, you've got to, this is fun, but like, man, it's so much fun having like more people here. But yeah. That, that has to do with the COVID stuff as right. well, where you, we couldn't, can't really right. do that. But so it's, it's totally different because in this, we don't have as many locations that we can't tell of as grand of a story as you could with Loon Lake with only a couple yeah. people and only certain locations. Um, that's also kind of why it's more of a short film yeah. than a feature film. Cause there's only so many spots we could really go and be able to do this and stay away from people and yeah, and kind of do our own thing. Cause it would be fun to do a feature okay. of, of, of what of this a, is about. It'd be a, a lot of fun, Bruce. a proper Mabuse yeah. film like this and kind of expand upon what what we have here. But, for now, we'll just, uh, we're, we're this what we can do, and, and this is what, yeah, so that's what
0: we did, yeah. You made a comment to me, Anzal, when we first started talking about you coming on, talking about this and showing these other movies. Shot in a garage against a green screen. Yeah. <laughs> is, is that how this one, I mean, are certain scenes in this one shot the same way?
4: There's, uh, there's some of it is on green screen. Very little of it is actually on green screen. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, um, I mean, we did go on location for, for quite a bit of it. Wow. Okay. I mean, I, I don't want to really tell you because I don't want to spoil the mystery of it. But there, there was a little bit of green screen work that was by necessity. I'll tell you this. Jerry Lacey shot all of his work a month before Nate and I really began. And he shot his stuff on a cell phone in oh. a bedroom. I think. Yeah. So, <laughs> so
5: it's totally different because, yeah, Jerry shot his footage. And then I shot my footage with him. Not even like a month later. Yeah, yeah. a month later with him not even here, not even playing off him. Yeah, <laughs> just us going back and just doing our lines. Yeah, which brought me back to the first Maboose because in Reactive the first Mabuse, yeah, in this <laughs> small garage with blue screen, and I'm like, all right, what am I looking at? Well, look at that dot up there, and then deliver your lines there, and this is kind of what's going on. And you're like. Oh, all right. Let's do it. <laughs> so brought me back to there, of like kind of. That's kind of how this was a couple times. Of, all right, where am I looking? Where's my eye line? Okay, that little dot up there, piece of tape. Okay, There's, there's Jerry. There's Jerry, and this is how I'm gonna be acting. <laughs> so it's, it's definitely different than shooting Loon Lake, where I have David Selby sitting across yeah. from me, or and like playing off of him, and we can kind of play back cornfield. and forth in a yeah. cornfield or running around or having another girl there. So that part was definitely different than yeah. <laughs> than this this film. How did that particular
0: production style develop for for you Ansel in terms of shooting against green screens and garages? Was it just lack of location? The actors not being in the same place at the same time? How did you decide to start that way?
4: All right. Well, here's something that you can geek out and appreciate. Back in 2008 when I was in the 11th grade, I think, I decided, oh, let's do a version of Lovecrafts at the Mountains of Madness on summer break. All right, how are we going to do that? Well, like, let's just hang blue tablecloth up in my aunt and uncle's garage, and then everybody, I'll just put mountains and snow and stuff behind everybody. And so we did that, and then I was like, wait, I can really, I can really do something with this. So then just kept doing the blue screen effect because we were all kids. We couldn't drive anywhere, so we couldn't go to our locations. And then everybody was in one spot. We had everything there that we needed, costumes, props, lots of usually blood cleanup because there's always horror movies. And then I just kept operating that way. And then when we came to do Dr. Mabuse, I knew it would be the most effective way to create the world that I envisioned in my head by just doing it all blue screen. And everybody would just be at one location and we could we had no microphone. So we could at least control the sound to a degree that we we're inside. So the sound oh, will the register. Room. Yeah. And then we did that one. And then we did the second one sort of half blue screened. And then I said, all right, let's go outside. I'm tired of it. Because I've been in the garage for a while. Yeah. And I think and then when we went on to August Harrison, August Harrison and
5: those things too, was like, let's go to the environment and let's go. And then with Will and Liz as well, yeah. we're like, well, there, we're going to go shoot everything.
4: And those movies in these demanded. The you had to, yeah, yeah. for sure. Like Venice right. was very much a character in both August Harrison and, and uh, Will and Liz. Yeah. Just as much as Minnesota is a character in Loon Lake. And I think with the Dr.
5: Boost movies, in a sense, even though it's blue screen, that is kind of a little bit of a character as yeah. well because it's...
4: The artificiality. Yeah, I mean,
5: how do you... It's, it's tough. It'd be tough to make that city without any money. Um and going to some street somewhere. or Where or do you find that? Yeah, exactly. You can't really make that type of a movie unless you're doing that.
4: Yeah. And we don't have the budget to go to Berlin. Yep. So,
5: the so century city it is. <laughs> um,
4: I don't think
0: uh, that... And I hope it didn't sound like I was saying, You why did you do it? You know, I wasn't trying to come down on no, it. I no, think it no, works. No, not at all. And I think no. you nailed it, too. And I was going to say the same thing, that the, the, moose, the moose stories feel so... Unreal in some ways mm-hmm. that it kind of lends itself to having this different approach to, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the theater fantastics are very surreal yeah. and purposely so, yep. because I like that Mario Baba heightened theatricality. I mean, look at Hammer like all of that. We know that's Bray over and over, but mm-hmm. it's, it's part of the, the, the mystique of it. I mean, certain films demand the reality. As we've said, but certain things like like Mabuse, you're in a dream world, you're in the unconscious, so that whole style you kind can, of, yeah, yeah you, you can have fun playing yeah, it. and you uh, couldn't
5: really find that anywhere else yeah. and besides just kind of creating it and making it in the backdrops, yeah, would be pretty tough yeah. escaping reality the one I was thinking of
0: was uh, the nighttime winds so there there seems uh, to be oh, yeah. you know th- this this unreal sense to everything that's going on and it just adds to that nightmarish quality to that movie as well i'm excited to see the new one it's called thousand and one lives of dr mabuse and is it official are we going to premiere it on the stream
4: ansel you guys get the very first screening
0: oh boy that's going to be fun and what we're going to do a triple feature we're going to do all three of them we're going to lead up to it, and I'm excited uh, to share this with people. I'm honored that you're offering that to Monster Kid Radio to do as a premiere. I'm really hopeful that we bring in a lot of people, because I want people to know more about what you two do.
5: Yes, I mean, we, yeah, we, we love that as well, yeah. for the same reason. Yeah.
4: <laughs> we can't have a real premiere, so might as well do a virtual one. Yes. There you go. We
5: definitely want a lot of people to hear about us and find out about us as, yeah. as well.
4: What's
0: coming up next? Is it too early to say?
5: Well, we have quite a few yeah. scripts together now. It's, it's interesting because now, because we started from, you know, where we did with Mabooses and now we worked our way up to Loon Lake and it's tough to kind of go back budget wise right. because
4: now we want to keep progressing. So now we have all these scripts and there's a certain quality that you want to like, that would yeah. stick to and that requires money. So it's it's a matter of finding financing also in the middle of a pandemic that's extended at least
5: here in California. <laughs> yep. So for that, for now, I mean, we have a comedy that we wrote that we'd really like to do. Of course, it's bare knuckle boxing thing. We have yeah. another low budget like psychological horror film that we wrote that we could we could yeah. shoot in the desert for. Yeah, yeah. for pretty
4: cheap, you know. We have the Dunwich Horror, which you and I talked about, Derek. Oh, you, you guys talked about that. Talked about that. Oh, oh man, that's cool. a, yeah, that script is that's a really good script. Uh, I wish we could shoot that. That if
5: if we had something, I, I I'd even know where we would pretty much shoot it. Yeah, if we could scrounge a little cash together for that yeah. that would be so much fun yes and i think we could do a great job that would be that would be a dream but yeah of now we're just kind of flying off the seat of our pants and that's kind of why we did Maboose as well to just kind of get something else out there yeah in the middle of all of this so the last thing good wasn't you know a year or so ago or two yeah. or so until we scrounge some more money together or get some more cash or find some money somewhere to be- find a very happy answer. yes.
4: I love
0: that you sound so excited about all these horror ideas, Nate. This is great. Ansel, <laughs> you, you brought him in, man. You converted him. You brought him oh, in. He got me in there. I mean,
5: I, I've always liked, like, I like, and that's kind of where Loon Lake, I get to, but I know Ansel does, too, is I've always liked the psychological thrillers. You know, I always liked the mind games that are played. But like, with Mabuse, when I read that script, I was like, I was really drawn to that because I like that that type of film. And yeah. it's kind of the mental side of all of that stuff. So, yeah, I'm definitely in there. And I always say one of the biggest films that I remember watching is, is a horror film. It was Children of the Corn. Because oh. my dad let me watch a little bit of it. And the corn was surrounding my house like it does in the movie Loon Lake.
2: <laughs> 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 nice. <But> yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> when we were writing Dunwich Horror, as we started this conversation where I said, Nate grounds me. Nate started to write or dictate the speech that Old Wizard Waitley would be saying as he's summoning the the elder gods into Lavinia, and Nate oh,
2: really? just
4: shouting oh. out all this Lovecrafty and stuff. And I was yeah. just sitting there like grinning at him, like, "Damn, he's been hanging out with me for a really long time. I finally, I've done it to him. He's coming, getting me in there." <laughs> it was really cool, and it was a good speech too. It was in the script.
0: So when does Ansel make an action movie? Then when do you bring him over to your side?
5: Um, whatever we possibly can. I mean, we
4: yeah, have, Texas Adam's is a kind of action. Yeah, a little bit, but with no money, with no money. Action.
5: Yeah. But, um, whatever we can, like their knuckle boxing movie, it's kind of a smaller story. Yeah. And then, and so when we get together, we always make it bigger and gra- more grandiose. So yeah, and now it's like a canon film. Oh, so yeah. it'd be. It's great. It'd be amazing. It's
2: really great.
5: <laughs> we have like <laughs> Japanese Yakuza in there yeah. and like a bunch of really fun, <laughs> interesting stuff that i that I probably would, I would have never come up with, you know, so I take one idea and we smash in two ideas and yeah. then we create this amazing, yeah. hopefully, action movie that we can hopefully shoot. <laughs>
4: yeah, and, <laughs> and also, we did Crypto and a Gambling Man, which was also neat ideas and those oh. were very, they're straight dramas, but then, like, I brought this weird, surreal, like, to the first one. Yeah. I was having him walk backwards and do all this weird stuff. And he's like, What am I doing? I'm like, Just shut up and it'll be great. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> like way early on when we first started making movies together. And then
5: we did Crypto. Then, with, yep, with then we the, did this other movie, Crypto, which is another short, which I never thought we were going to make a. It's kind of a Gambling Man 2. Yeah. That I never thought we would even make a Gambling Man sequel yeah. to it, but we kind of, it was a perfect spot to. Put these, mash these stories together that I had, and then add Ansel in, and we kind of make it a little bigger and it's better than in, it's this could be. very intense
4: drama that I think we're both very proud of. It. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah.
5: And that's on YouTube.
4: Yeah. So he does bring me over to his side, actually. Well, hey, the love story was my idea, actually. Will and yeah. Will is my idea. And then he's talking to me about a witch. I'm like, oh, God, we got to go do a horror <laughs> Yeah, right.
2: I guess we're
4: bringing me into a love story, and I bring him into a
5: witch story. <laughs> it's the complete opposite <laughs> yeah. of what we're both would normally do. <laughs>
0: I love that, and I think that's a perfect place to end here, just to kind of celebrate that you two are continuing to push each other and make these stories, whether they're horror stories, love stories, whatever they happen to be. I, I can't wait to see what you two come up with next, and I really I'm excited for the new Mabuse film and anything else that comes out uh, from you two. I'm just really looking forward to it. So please keep me posted about anything that's coming, even if it's not a horror story. I want to hear about it. All
2: right. Thank you.
1: When tombstones topple and coffins creak open and the deadly delectable lady in lavender searches for fresh victims, that is the time to see Phantasm, a fiendish undertaking Oh yes, and it does have a, a burial plot. Phantasm. If this one doesn't scare you, you're already dead. Phantasm from Avco Embassy Pictures, rated R, under seventeen, not admitted without parent.
3: Look at those trees. How lovely they look, reflected in the sunlight.
1: Barnabas, I love to be with you. You've a way of looking at things as if they were completely new to you. You've never seen them before
3: some people live in boxes all their lives. You know, I feel I'm beginning a whole new life. And you're responsible for that life. I can't tell you how exciting it is to be with you. One of his colors, vampire, takes a pride in a bizarre act of unnatural love. House of Dark Shadows from MGM. Come see how the vampires do it. Rated no. GP, All Ages Parental Guidance.
0: Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of Monster Kid Radio. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I hope you had a good time. And I hope the conversation with Ansel and Nathan has motivated you to join us this Saturday at the Monster Kid Movie Club because. I mean, it's just going to be a good time. And I can tell you there's going to be a secret screening, something that I'm not even allowed to name publicly will be shown. You don't want to miss it. Trust me. I've already seen it, so it's not really a secret to me, but just for that alone, come on over. You can find out more about what they're up to over at hollandsworthproductions.com or come by this weekend because they're going to be in the chat during the Mabuse films offering live commentary. And probably answering a question or two. So hopefully, we'll see you there. And if you're not there, maybe next Tuesday you'll come in for the Astronomy Club or just come back here next week for the next episode of Monster Kid Radio, where I will finally be sitting down and editing the conversation that I have had in the hopper for a while now with Tracy Morris from Disney, Indiana. We're going to be talking about the movie The Invisible Woman. (laughs)
3: You're materializing. Go get your clothes off. Why, Professor, I'm ashamed of you.
2: Get me a nurse, get me a doctor, get
3: me something. George, we better get the professor. What for? To cheer up a lot of bed clothes? Come clean about how this machine works. Make me invisible. I did not invent that machine to
1: make killers like you invisible.
3: Oh, this is gonna be good. Whoopee! Those are the noisiest grasshoppers I ever heard. <laughs> yeah, Christopher Columbus, we being
0: shot at! And you can count on that being run next week unless something in the Monster Kid community explodes or something brand new happens and I have to push everything back. I promise. Invisible Woman, 99.9% sure, is happening next week. I'll make sure any changes are announced over on our website over at monsterkidradio.net where you can find our contact information as well as links to everything that we've talked about here on the show like the hollandsworth productions website or the amazon leaks to pick up some of Ansel's movies anything that we talk about here on the show you're going to find it right over there you can also find us on facebook and on twitter so please consider liking us on twitter and joining the retweeting at the facebook do whatever it is social media wants you to do just you can find me online i am working slowly to have the Monster Kid Radio social media presence be just Monster Kid Radio stuff. I know over the years I've kind of blended my own personal thing with the Monster Kid Radio thing and just trying to keep things separate. I'm working to separate things out. And that even extends to my Twitter account. So I've got the Monster Kid Radio Twitter and then my own personal Twitter. So if you do see some changes, that's why it's not that I stopped following you or whatever. It's just that I'm slowly separating the Monster Kid Radio thing and my own personal Stuff that's non monster kid related. That's all. And speaking of personal stuff, and I just want to throw this out there. I mean, it's kind of a big deal, but I've had people ask me how Brenda and I are doing and that sort of thing. And I just want to share with you that she's fine, she's healthy. I don't have her locked up in a closet somewhere. I don't know where I'm going with that, but here's what's happening uh, we are separating there are a handful of reasons as to why she was just giggling at my comment about her being tied up in a closet somewhere so i mean we still live together uh in the same place but that will be changing down the line um it's just a thing that's happened and i wanted to let you guys and gals know what's going on and Uh, Kind of explain why Brenda will probably not be on the podcast uh, again in the future. I'm kicking her off the podcast. I'm taking the podcast with me. Um, I don't know if anybody even heard you say that. She's welcome on the podcast anytime. But yeah, I don't. People can't hear you say that, but she's saying thank you. You know, it occurred to me that I could be saying what you're saying, even though you could be locked up in a closet somewhere. It'd be in a basement, actually. But the thing is, uh, yeah, we're just we're separating and uh, I haven't really said much about it on Facebook or Twitter. And I'm I'm not going to make a huge deal out of it publicly, but I just wanted everybody to know. Anyway, that brings us to the very, very end of the show. (laughs) Kind of a heavy note to end on. So let's play some more awesome music and let everybody know that Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. The song Alpaca Boogie is copyright The Space Agency 2020. You can find them at thespaceagency.bandcamp.com. Once again, link in the show notes and let them know that I sent you their way. My name is Derek M. Cook. I'll talk to everybody next week. Ciao. <music> Thank you.